Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Well, it's early on a Monday morning. Not too long before I hop on a plane and we're going to record up until the point of before Monday night football between the Raiders and the Cowboys box hit. We are, my friend. Getting up this early on when I'm on school holidays is sacrilege. Yeah, and this is commitment on both parts here before I disappear and obviously uh, the next, I think it's five episodes we worked out. Four, I think. Four now that we've done this one, I think. So. Yeah, and this will be finished off with gossip uh, later on, as long as he's not on some kind of mass bender and not available. Yeah. Uh, but for the next couple of weeks, basically, you will still get <clears throat> gossip, box heads, some reviews, and maybe MG or gossip for an extended period or anyone else you feel like bringing on, whether that be, you know, you might ring mum or cousin Gary. Oh, cousin Gary. Might get cousin Gary on the link. <clears throat> yeah. Someone along these lines, but we'll do a fast five for the first three games up until this point. So, best, worst, high, low, who is your best so far? Uh, my best was Corey Norman in the Eels. Their comeback victory, um, pretty impressive. Pretty mm. impressive. I thought they were dead and buried. They had three injuries early in the game. Uh, the Roosters looked all over them, but they just couldn't put it away. Yeah, well, I didn't get to see that one. I listened on the radio on the way down, and the turn, uh, the way the sound of things turned, two names stood out. That was Manu Ma'u and Corey Norman. Yep. And uh, Probably not a good thing, but I'm hearing rumours that the Roosters are circling Mau. He's missing third-party payments, much like other players that have signed with Parramatta and not been held up there. Uh, they're into the deal, and that Aiden Guerra wants to go out to Queensland. So the knock-on effect, they may lose another player that they really don't want to. Right. Um, so that's pretty big. My best, uh, I could probably say Mau and Norman. I'm going to go with the Sharks yesterday. I said last week, I know I didn't tip them, but I said that Penrith would be in for a hard time, and a lot of those guys that were coming up from Cup were very good players and looking forward to watching Kurt Catewell. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, yesterday on debut, all, all the blokes that came in, New Brown, they were all outstanding. They just attacked Penrith. They looked more fluent than Penrith with all the changes. They looked better in attack. Uh, they were great defensively. Again, the whole attitude of that squad's outstanding. I was super impressed by Cronulla. Yeah, they were. They were good. Uh, worst was Penrith, I reckon. Well, yeah, I had the Roosters, just for the fact that Blue I thought they game. really, really dominated that game. They should have won by... At least 12 points, in my opinion. It's the story of their year, though, isn't it? They're... And they just couldn't couldn't ice it. I know I've said it a hundred times, but three minor premierships, basically no injuries, so much stability, and then they kick this year off. You're missing three out of the four of your spine, your two forward leaders, and Maria Hargraves and Cordner. It just kind of felt like from the start, things were doomed, and then the attitude of guys around fell away, just like it was too much. Like You saw Guerra early on in the year was feeling the frustration. Friend's been feeling it all year because he's busting his backside. Some of these younger guys are rattled, and then even guys like Ferguson that were okay last year have gone backwards. Yeah. Um, just the whole year has had that feel about it. And another game you think they should have won, and they blew it. No. It's, it sums up their season. They shut the bed. 
Um, I think Trent Robinson will definitely steer things right next year, but this has not been a good year. There's, there's no doubt about oh. it. It's been a poor season, but uh, your highlight? It was a heels win. I thought it was uh, just so courageous under, you know, a crap load of difficult circumstances. Obviously, they had the foreign thing happen just before kickoff. Mm. Uh, they've had all the drama. Then, obviously, the 12 points came off yesterday. They're playing for nothing. We've got to remember that, basically. Um, yeah, unless they win they're every playing, game. They're going to win every game. Likely. So, you know, realistically, they know that they're probably not going to be playing finals footy. Um, for them to do that, you know, the Roosters are probably in the same boat in the fact that they're, they're not going to play finals. So. Yeah. But I'm just impressed with Parramatta, especially down 12 with about 20 to go. You know, they had every right just to mail it in for the last 20, but they did it and they come back and won. And uh, I thought Jeff Robson played a bit of an integral part in that, you know, well, steering the ship around and allowing Corey Norman to do his thing and Norman laid on all four tries. So. That's that's the kind of smart business they should have been making uh, the last couple of years. It's moves like that that help you out or they're going to need to make now that they're obviously going to have to redo their salary cap and their side. Uh, getting him back, very appropriate, good player, solid organiser. We spoke about it last week. Norman's felt all the pressure. He's got no help from fullback on nine creatively or kicking-wise and same with Edwards. So getting Robson in, you get a, a safe partner who can defend well, kick well, uh, took the pressure off him and <clears throat> they made a hell of a difference. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my highlight still yesterday, uh, Ben Barber in particular. Again, yeah, he was good. Without the key players, he needed to find a way to inject himself. It's obviously been pretty obvious this year that he loves linking up on that edge, particularly with Wade Graham and the halves. Uh, that's kind of his link, man. All those guys that can feed him the football. But yesterday, he had to find new ways to introduce himself into that, that back line and, and control the game without those players. And I thought he was really good. And again, along with those forwards, they didn't really lose much at all. Nakuya, yeah. even Heinington, all these guys come in, did a job starting. Kurt Capewell on debut, New Brown at six. Everybody literally came in. It was they looked like I said a lot more fluent than a Penrith side that didn't have anywhere near as many changes. Yeah, that's the scary thing for me. So I was really impressed, but uh, low light. Well, Kieran Forensaga mm. is my low light. Um, not really going to make too much comment on what the issues are, but just I would never, never have expected it from Kieran Foran. For and it just shows you that mental illness and these issues they do hide away. Um, and they on the surface you can't see them, so uh, it's just it's tragic. Well, tragic what's just happened. A life occurrence though can change things. I heard a few people. I think it's pretty low. Going ah, oh, Parramatta they ruined like rah rah rah. Like, no, this, this thing, this, this this thing with these misses before, and everything. Uh, this is the time bomb that pushes some people over the edge. Like for as clean cut or perfect or as good as you thought he was as a bloke as a person, this is obviously hard to take. This is the mother of his child. All these issues we don't. You hear all the rumours. I'm not going to go too much into that side of it, but. This was the thing that's obviously pushed him a little bit over the edge. And well, the, I think his injury is probably the worst thing that could have happened. On top of it, 100%, because yeah. it's compounded it. And you're, when you're, you know yourself, or I know when you're doing your rehab kind of stuff and you're isolated from the group, you are there, but you are still very separate yeah. when you are not involved in the loop of going to games, training with everybody. It is a very dark feeling. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been an absolute whirlwind as far as Parramatta and Q and 4 in this year. Now, yeah. how things can change in 12 months off the field, not worrying about on the field, but life-wise... Massive, massive changes, but questions box head before I disappear. Well, what plays out at the Eels now? What do you, what do you think happens? I had a bit of a thorough plan yesterday, but it's probably too smart for what they're going to do. I reckon they can flip their spine and part of the squad over by the end of this year with smart business. If Corey Norman uh, is acquitted of charges or put on a good behaviour bond, I still think no clubs are going to pay him what he wants. I know he's on about half a million right now. I'd offer him the same deal for a year or two and give him the option to redeem himself. 
I don't Yeah. There's no, he'll get, someone will pay him a million. I'd pay him a million. What, even after what's happened? Yeah. And if he gets a good behaviour bond? Yeah. I think he kind of owes it to them after they had that table on the deal. And well, I, don't think, I don't think he owes them anything. But that's his kind of choice. They might go a little bit higher, but I wouldn't be pushing back to the million dollar mark for him. I'd be yeah. maybe well, giving him an option for a year and then sit down and talk once he proves uh, that he's going to clean his life up. I think in two years' time, he could be the best player in the game. I'm with you, but I think with all this drama, he needs. They can't lose Norman. For me, they can't. They can't lose Norman, Norman but he's got to prove to them, and this is why everyone's kind of gone cold on him, that he's going to clean up his life. Yeah. And these people that he's got kind of involved it's with. It's not like he's had repeated issues. Like, he's had the one issue. We don't know the ins and outs of it. He hasn't gone to court yet. So I think Parramatta will probably just well, wait he, until he, see what they plays will. out with that and then make a move. They're going to keep him. There's no doubt about it. But if they're worried in the short term, I'd give him similar money or a little bit more. I wouldn't be giving him the golden goose yet with all the years and the contract. But he's still getting well paid well. Six or seven if he wants to do a year on that. Mm. And then I'd be looking at his mate, Seguiar. If he cleans himself up over there and plays well, he has a clause that he can come back only by the end of this year. That's his mate. I think they can obviously get him on a reduced price. No one to pay him. So if he's keen enough to come back, I think they can get good value on Seguiar. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the the fact they're talking about the Hay move coming back and that he wants all the foreign's money. His age, I don't think he's worth it. And yeah. to be honest, I think he's got pretty high praise on himself for his, you know, seven or eight carries in the NFL and four drop punts. So he should probably humble himself a little bit. I wouldn't be bothered if he came back, but if you wanted to flip the spine for the right money there, I think there's a couple of moves they can make. And I'd keep Robson for another year, given the fact their situation's probably going to be... Uh, well, they... They're not going to. Play, it looks as though they're not going to play Mitch Cornish. So no, but their situation salary cap wise, they're still going to have to make some moves to try and keep a top twenty five together. So why not keep a stable influence with him? And you could possibly unite two best mates and spark your attack. Yeah, there's a few small moves I think they could make. Uh, you know, really quickly and balance things out. But oh, I don't know. I think the the person who deserves all the credit is Brad Arthur. I can't believe how strong yeah, he's he's it together um, for all the shit that goes on and the lack of help and the board and everything else. He's just. He's rock solid. I don't know what else, what other raps you can give him. He, if he walked out now and took a contract anywhere else, he had every right to yeah. what he's had to go through. But he's still stuck strong. So I have massive respect and I'm even I'm even bigger believer in his coaching ability given the circumstances and the fact they're still above three or four teams after losing their points. Yeah, Good on you, Brad Arthur. That's... Um, yeah, when there was talk of the Warriors or a couple other people sounding him out, he has every right to go do something else because he's done a fantastic job at Paramount given the circumstances. So... Absolutely. Questions from me, not so much related to this, but why I'm gone. Will the Broncos right the ship? Yeah, I think they will. Or this is during this, origin. This is the one thing when I was sitting here last night. I don't want to, you know, jibber on or go on for ages. Or I was going to run through all the games and teams. I'm not even going to bother. I'm just going to highlight a few things. But the big one for me that stands out is we both had Brisbane win the comp. I also mentioned that I think if the Cowboys, with their side, pulled things together, I still think they've got the best side. I think they're better than Brisbane, but I th- thought that Brisbane would be a lot hungrier to come back this year and do what most sides do. Well, they were. It's the origin period that's done this. And uh, this think- is a, the origin period always corrupts the competition. It's fool's gold. The Broncos look worse than they are. The, the, a team like the Warriors look better than they are. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to take too much into Brisbane's form until they come out of the origin period a week or two and then... We'll see how they pick it up. Well, regardless, I think they're going to find themselves in the eight, but it's more the form of it. Like, do you think they're going to be scratchy heading into the finals, or do you think they're going to click? No, into they're that going to get of... as soon as they get their players back, and they're not on Origin duty, and Origin's over, and they've had their little party. So, you're probably looking at 
you know, probably not this round upcoming, not round uh, round 19. You're probably looking at round 20 onwards. I think they'll they'll go on a run and they'll just get better every week. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably the main the main one for me. A lot of the other things, there's not a lot of questions you could probably ask. Like, I think, obviously, Sharks... Well, this shortened round's rubbish. Sharks, you get nothing out of it. Sharks in the storm, if I was going to say a minor premiership, I think the Sharks have got... They've done most of their hard games already, and they've won. So yeah. they're in a pretty good position heading home, Melbourne... Probably going to feel the pinch of origin. They're going to rest some players, apparently, Bellamy reckons. So if they've got one or two locked up, you'd assume that Melbourne might taper a little bit and then try and come home with a whip with those last couple of games. Yeah. Um, Cowboys. Cowboys are still a chance. Bulldogs I, I book in. Raiders I book in as well, especially if they get the job done tonight. They're only going to need another win or two. So basically it comes down to what we said last week. I've got six teams. Sharks, Storm, Cowboys, Dogs, Raiders, Broncos. I'd agree with that. It's who's left over. But I think Penrith almost shit the bed yesterday because the Dragons get to play teams like the Tigers, Newcastle, etc. Winnable games, even though they're struggling. Mm. Um, and they've got that win in hand. I really think there's a high possibility that Penrith could miss the eight. Yeah, I agree now. Yeah. They've lost two, like last week's game. Against the Tigers is one that they would probably so have assumed. They play Parramatta win. next week, which is definitely a game they can lose. Yeah, Dragons get the Titans, which you know they've got their injury concerns and not the best form. Uh, then, then they play Brisbane away, so they get a and tough that's the game. week I expect Brisbane to kick back into gear. Exactly, and the Dragons get Tigers, which is another winnable kind of game or a competitive game. They play the Bulldogs. Panthers play the Warriors in New Zealand, who are looking to make the finals. Yeah. So when I start to look at this breaking out a bit further. Uh, the Titans I'm not writing off completely as well, but I feel that just injuries in those positions like centre where they're patching things up and Taylor's yeah. been in and out, that might hurt them. Um, but I really think that Penrith may have, have dropped the ball pretty badly moving forward in this draw. They get Newcastle, Dragons get the Sharks. So it is kind of balanced, but yeah, there's just been a few games more recently where I keep looking and thinking well, that... it's hard to predict it because both these sides have been unpredictable. Yeah, well, I think just the difference between Penrith's best and worst is... Yeah, massive. Absolutely amazing. Like that, that that loss yesterday just blew my mind. Not that I expected them to win, like I said last week. I thought the the Sharkies would definitely be there and could possibly win that game, but I can't believe how flat Penrith were and just the complete and utter lack of enthusiasm and attitude. Yeah. If you're getting carved to the middle by a side that's been patched up by five or six players in the first half, you've got problems. I think the two better performed teams out of that middle four are, at the moment are the Tigers, um, obviously, and the Warriors. I think the Tigers are playing better footy than the Penrith. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And even I still think the Titans are still playing even better, even with all the changes, heart-wise and effort-wise. But I think it's there for Penrith to take, but they've just spilled games that they shouldn't have. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned there that someone may jag that. So I think the Warriors will get in. Well, Penrith are probably going to win five. Five, yeah. don't they? You'd think? Well, seven. Four, four maybe. Dragons, Dragons, Titans, Panthers, they all have that game in hand compared to the Tigers. Um, so they've got that extra game to make up. The Dragons only need four, basically, instead of the Warriors. Well, the Pan- see, the Panthers have only got seven wins, whereas the Warriors and the Dragons have got eight. Yeah, and they've got the eight games left. So they've got to basically win half. Penrith. So you're saying you're betting Penrith would be betting to only win four, that the Warriors and the Dragons are only going to win three. And we've just gone through and looked at the Dragons and the Warriors, and you could, you know, you can see that they're going to win three games, you'd think. Yeah. But the Warriors do have a habit of shit in the bed late in the year. So. Oh, 100%. Who knows? 100%. Well, we'll quickly do a review of these games and uh, sign off, I suppose. But Parramatta, Roosters, Friday night, 22-18. to 18. Coming into the game, plenty of drama, like we said, off the field. Get on the field early on. They're struggling. Find themselves down 18-6. I'm pretty sure it was at one point, and they just find a way back into the game. Well, they did. Yeah, they... 
Denny had Wicks. all the inju- injuries. They had issues. Parramatta. <coughs> they had the stuff pre-game, uh, and the Eels were, were just battling to, to hang on uh, in that first half, and for it to be evens at half time. The Roosters dominated field position. They dominated line speed. They dominated territory, but they just couldn't transfer that into points. Um, and when Parramatta had their chances, they banked them, uh, and the Roosters just yeah they couldn't find a way. I'm just blown away again. Like I said, for everything that's going on, to find a way back in. But it kind of sums up again the Roosters' year. A game like this that they probably should have won, they didn't. Um, Cordner coming back, I'm surprised with a year over. I just would have rested him. Yeah. Or taking care of his body. He's too young and too important of an asset to have had a pec tear and that foot injury. They were talking that if something happened, he might have to get a plate and miss 12 months. Yeah. Um, I just wouldn't have bothered to be honest. That's my opinion, but. Uh, I thought, yeah, blokes like Danny Wicks, Manu Mo, these guys, they, they led from the front. They played very, very well. Timmy Mano on, on return. It's been good the last couple of weeks as well. But Norman and Robson. Robson made a massive difference. Took a bit of pressure off Norman. He played outstanding. Uh, but I really hope this Mo to the Roosters and the third-party situation doesn't come to light. That'd be yeah. a massive blow because I think he's one of the most underrated back rows in the competition. Absolutely. He's yeah, outstanding absolutely. They need to hang on to him. So, side's just been pulled apart. The club's been pulled apart. So... Yeah, interesting times ahead. But, yeah, it probably it keeps the Eels' faint hopes alive and it definitely puts the Roosters to bed. Yeah, well, Roosters can start planning Mad Monday, no doubt about that. And the Eels, they live to fight another day. Next week, the Roosters play the Sharks on Monday night, so that definitely makes things, uh, you know, a little more complicated in the last shortened round. And the Panthers, they play Para, so Battle of the West. Yeah. Uh, they won in the last seconds last time around, but I tell you what, between the two and the way they're playing right now, I'd be taking the Eels, and that's just purely off attitude and effort. Yeah, it's Penrith exactly. right now, they're lacking. In that spirit, uh, Saturday night, the Bulldogs, West Tigers, 32-22, uh, a couple of players out for both these sides, but basically, as I said last week, when Tedesco's not playing, I'm not on the Tigers. I can't be. No, well, that was a big turning point in this game, but Canterbury, again, unconvincing, but... They're winning. They're winning. That's all that matters. you just got to find a way to bank points, given the circumstance, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So it was a bit of a weird, weird sort of game. It flowed. um, A lot of points scored, obviously, but uh, neither side convincing. But weird, weird game. Bulldogs just hung on in the end. They love a slow start, though. That's one thing to keep realising. Yeah, they're like a chameleon. They They can win a really tight game and... You know, not score many points, and then in this situation, the Tigers blow it out and um, skip away to a bit of a lead, and Canterbury can just open up their attack and score a crap load of points. So, interesting. Well, what about Brett Morris? Seven tries in three games. I'll tell you what, yeah, it's not a bad little streak to come back to. Ronan to the centres has been absolutely outstanding. I'm happy he's finally got there. He was way too good to be on. Great finisher, and he looked disinterested on the wing. But, uh, oh, why wouldn't you be? He came through as a centre. He was a lockdown centre, actually, playing at the Roosters. Very good defensively. I didn't know he had that kind of ability with the football, but you've seen him now. Uh, he needs to get the football in his hands. Yeah. And I thought that Cassiano was game-changing as well. He made a big influence off the bench. But the two pillars of strength, and basically never mentioned or somewhat mentioned, is Tolman and Graham starting together. They lead everything, every week. This week, between the two of them, again, they both racked up 240 apiece tackle-wide. They basically look like clones of each other. But they get so much out of their forward pack. And I think the best thing you hear that I've seen out of this last little period that we wanted was more forwards going forward, laying a platform, quick play the balls. The halves are not so much creating, but they just play off the back of the quick play the balls and let the ball sing a little bit when they get an opportunity. Josh Reynolds and Mbai are not going to organise uh, <clears throat> you know, a set, run these block-block plays, run shapes or 
pick a side apart, they're both running halves. Yeah. One's a constructed half, but a buyer's definitely a ball runner. With this forward pack, they shouldn't be doing this tip-on, tip-on stuff. I think the big reason they're starting to look a bit sharper off this is they're using their size to their advantage and playing off the back of it, yeah. which they have the ability to do. So uh, why I'm here, I'm hoping that continues, because if they go forward with this style, a lot of people can't handle their forward pack if they just put their nose down. Yeah, absolutely. They'll find themselves in all games if they play this way. But um, the Tigers, what can you say? They've got a bit of a lead again. I think they were 15 from 15 or something like that completion-wise in the second half. That went out the window a little bit. Um, when things get a bit disjointed, you, you can blame bits and pieces, but concentration, youth, and there's that key man we talked about again, James Tedesco. I think you take him out, that's a massive blow. James Tedesco is almost worth 12 points on his own, most weeks. Basically. Every time he and plays. And he'll save six and usually score your try. So mm. If you go one-to-one, but yeah, just about every week he has a hand in one or two uh, you know, plays and... Yeah, that, that's a massive thing, and I really hope he does well. I'm obviously not here for the dead rubber, but him and Wade Graham getting in, that's one thing we both called for at the start of the year, so hopefully they play well. I won't get to see that, but I plan on having a look when I get back. Sharky's Panthers, 26-10. Oh, just blown away. Definitely thought the Shark side patched up could do a job with the guys moving in and Kate Well on debut. New Brown, who we both have a massive opinion on, uh, coming into the side. But like I said, uh, I couldn't believe Penrith had all the ball inside 20. 44 opportunities, set it many weeks in a row, and I'm going to keep saying it. They have no idea what they're doing inside 20. They honestly look like they're working a hit up for an offload, and if something does nap off the back of it, they've got nothing planned. No. There's literally no idea of what they want to do inside 20. It's it's carry, offload, and see what we can break down. The problem, again, when we talk about effective offloads, these are just at-will hand grenades. Someone gets a hand on somebody, and the ball comes out. They're not effective two, three men in, going to ground, popping an offload, working off the back of it, finding yeah. numbers. And Bryce Cartwright's killing their attack. Oh, my God. He's not a 5'8". It's just stifling the good stuff that he does. Um, so they need to work that out. Nathan Cleary, I thought, was good. I thought James Fisher-Harris was hey, good yesterday. I thought Wallace, again. Wallace, Latu. Latu. Um, Trent Merrin, obviously, was good. But outside of that, I thought the Panthers were awful. Yeah, oh, terrible. And very, defensively, very like I said, getting probed through the middle. But massive rat, like I said. New Brown, Townsend, Ennis did a great job. And Barber, like I said, needed to find a way to put himself into this game and combine with different people. He did just that. But the forwards. Yeah. The forwards' attitude and mentality. Bakuya, Pryor, the contact from start to finish again. Capewell off the bench. Uh, McIlrick only got a couple of minutes. But everybody, Senny Lafayette. They all did their job. Mitch Brown missed his brother's wedding reception. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, the ceremony. And then he was getting a car afterwards to go there. But that just shows the mentality of where they're at. And when you've won 12 games and are only about no injuries and your cup side's doing well, all those guys would have been chopping at the bit to get in there. And they put the pressure on themselves, apparently. They'll talk about as a group to keep the streak going. They were confident that they could get the job done. And they did just that. Yeah. Um, I thought they overwhelmed Penrith with simple football. They didn't do anything complicated. They did all the little things right. Uh, and physically, like most weeks, I thought they just beat the crap out of them. Sharkies really, really are a tough side, and, and they're they're a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And Flanagan said it this week in that they don't they only use eighteen players this year, hmm. which is unheard of. And that's you know if you're going to correlate any stat or any sort of number with winning the premiership or being around it, it's that. Well, Roos it's defence, and years. it's you know the amount of players that you use. And Cronulla are right up there in both stats, so. An incredible performance um, for them to win yesterday at Penrith. I, I fully expected Penrith to come out and win. I did, you know, as we both uh, said last week, expect Cronulla to compete, but wow, they smashed them in the end. Basically. The scoreline flooded Penrith. That, that late 100%. try flooded Penrith. It should have been, you know, 26-6. They, they got beat up by 20 points by 
Cronulla's basically half their reserve grade side. Yeah. A couple of sore losers yesterday. A few people going, oh, this is just Penrith giving it the win to him. Like, you're kidding. Don't ever... No one gives a win. Don't ever try and play that. That's luck. That that drop ball, that's luck. That's pressure and dominance for the whole game. It wasn't luck. They were getting hammered from pillar to post by a side that was hungrier than they were. Yeah. More in control. Wanted to win. Just put the effort in. Put their bodies on the line. Penrith were drifting sideways. Had no idea what they were doing in attack. Uh, and had a poor defensive attitude as well. Like to get pulled apart so many times in the first half to the middle of the rut, can't believe it. Yeah, um, pretty sad to be honest. But things next week, like I said, they don't get easy for Penrith. They get Parramatta, who still look fairly motivated, and uh, the Roosters play the Sharkies. So harsh times for them. The last game before I go, Raiders Cowboys. You'd assume again. Um, I think this one's a little more cut and dry, to be honest, with the changes they've got. Yeah, but the Raiders have to win tonight, surely. Oh yeah. Yeah, if they're serious. Yeah, we both tipped them. I'd expect them to win by plenty. Yeah, I think this would be the opposite. Cowboys are missing. The Penrith thing didn't. Six? The Penrith thing Cowboys didn't surprise me. This this would surprise. Oh, me. this would surprise me. Yeah, this is no Morgan, but then they still lost five because Cooper got pulled in this time. Yeah, so you got no Morgan, no O'Neill, no Thurston, no Scott, no Tarmow, no Cooper, and on the flip, it's just Bateman suspended. And Papali's injured, but was going into camp. But then they get Soliolo and Priesty back anyway. Yeah, so. Right. You're looking at the sides. This is a week where I think... Well, Canberra's performance last week worries me a little bit. 100%. This but is I really... still think they could play that poorly. And, oh, and get the job This done. side's at the same... Probably the same level as Newcastle because they're missing half their side. Yeah. And the patch-up job. There's some good kids coming in, but especially the bench forwards and the start-up. Like, there's, there's too much that's been taken out. I yeah. know the Sharks um, lost a fair bit, but I, I think their their depth is a little bit better this year than what the Sharks... Sharks, sorry, Cowboys had to put a few young blokes in there with good players but probably a little bit too much to ask against the Canberra side that's in a pretty good position, especially in the forwards. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping uh, that their halves kick on while I'm not here and things get a little bit better because I think that's the big thing for Canberra right now. Absolutely. Um, defensive, yeah. they still need to get better, but I still don't understand what they're doing in most games between the halves, the fullback and the nine. Yeah. It feels like, I don't know, every, they're not trying to outplay one another, but then there's other weeks that it feels like someone's trying to take over completely. They need to find a balance between their key players. Uh, so they can get better going forward because at the moment it's just yeah I'm a bit confused as to what they're trying to do yeah I agree alright that basically sums it up for me I'm uh, I'm off you making some predictions or what making who, some... who wins Origin 3 I reckon Queensland still win <laughs> unfortunately uh, even without changes I don't feel much better even with Coo- like Nate Miles starting I don't agree with but they still seem to find a way I think Tedesco makes a big big splash yeah, I, don't, I think he does make a big splash. Why I'm gone, uh, prediction-wise, I was hoping for things to be a little more tight so I could make some predictions. But uh, honestly, I think the Sharks and the Storm continue. Uh, when I get back, I expect them to be one and two. I think the Cowboys will push pretty close, but I don't think they'll get there. Yeah. Um, I think as far as the top eight, those six teams I book in, Sharks, Storm, Cowboys, uh, Dogs, Raiders, and Broncos. So when I come home, I'm assuming they're going to be locked in. And out of those other places there, I'm going to do it, even though they let me down every year. I think the Warriors are going to find themselves in the eight. And Penrith, I'd like to think, are going to hold eight spot, but it really wouldn't surprise me right now, looking at the draw, if the Dragons found their way into that spot. Yeah. And that disappoints me, like I said, because I don't enjoy watching them. I think they're pretty much awful uh, to watch. But you've got to win your games. And as flashy and nice as Penrith and these Tiger sides are to watch it sometimes... They're too inconsistent. Yeah, they are. But Absolutely. Either way, when I, uh, you talk about all these teams, I'm still only really looking at four sides, five sides, basically. Yeah. The Bulldogs are still winning, but I'm still not overly impressed. If you wanted to narrow it down, I'm not going to write the Broncos off, but I think the Cowboys and the Storm 
in particular on paper and now the Sharks after proving what they did the other night depth wise uh, they've moved up another peg in my book so the top four are still pretty cut and dry to me and especially come finals time what I'm going to be expecting uh, other than that when I return like I said I, I don't know what else really to say a, a lot of teams have already put a pen through themselves Souths are done uh, Manly are going to have too much work to make up for Roosters are finished Newcastle are finished Eels have got the I'm not, There's no way They're going to win Eight games in a row We wouldn't think so would you? So yeah There's not a whole lot For me to Kind of work In that regard But yeah uh, Anything else? No that's it That's it Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently I asked Mint Mobile's Legal team If big wireless companies Are allowed to raise prices Due to inflation They said yes And then when I asked If raising prices Technically violates Those onerous Two year contracts They said What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Have a good time. I'll try. For everybody out there, make sure you stick with us. Uh, during this period, you're still going to have boxer, still going to have gossip, a couple of guests. I guess you're going to try and get yeah. anyone, but MJ, gossip, these kind of people will be around. Still got tips, all the stuff, thanks to William Hill, etc., etc. Uh, so what are you doing with your tips? You're going to have to leave them? Or are you just going to mail them through each week? I'm just going to have to flick a text or a message right. while I'm half-loaded with no idea what's going on. Tops. That uh, sounds like a win. Yeah. But yeah, keep your eyes on things, keep supporting the show, and uh, we'll have some massive few weeks heading into the finals when I get back. That'll be round 25, round 26. I plan on watching all the football I when I get back. back. I think you're back for round 24. I get back that weekend, but I have a wedding and... Oh, okay. So I'll do the round 24 show, but we'll, you'll, we'll be reviewing round 24. Yeah. We'll be reviewing 24. So yeah, 25, 26. That's, we've got a couple of rounds to do, but... Uh, yeah. So what is it now? This is 18. So I'll, I'll be doing 19, 20, 21, 22... You've got five, basically. And 23. He's got five, including this. But this show right now will be obviously completed later on after the Raiders-Cowboys game and their box head. We'll have Mr. Gossip. Thanks, everyone, again, as always, for supporting the show the last few years. Things will continue, and uh, I'll be back in about five weeks' time. Enjoy your week, and enjoy your rugby league. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And we welcome back the great man, Mr. Gossip. We've just had a chat off air about uh, the form of the Panthers. Jeez, you've uh, gone on a bit of a footy hiatus over the weekend. Mate, I have. I've gone into hiding since Saturday night. Usually, I'm an absolute rugby league purist, watch every single game. But, yeah, I've had the sulk since Saturday night. I, I haven't watched the game. Um, I haven't been at work. been locked in my room. Sucking your thumb. <laughs> Sucking your thumb. Jeez. And what makes it worse? is uh, those who listened to last week's podcast is I, I tipped the Sharks um, I could see it coming our defensive structure is just terrible Cartwright's not a 5-8 um, I don't want to crap on too much about the Panthers it's not a Panthers podcast but um, yeah they need a lot of changes and, and quickly yeah their defence was pretty poor um, look Louis obviously he's on the I think he would have just landed in London um, so we recorded we managed to get through the first uh, three games. Uh, last night's game. Did you catch last night's game? Dra- uh, the I, Raiders Cowboys. No, I didn't. I didn't. 
No, I was drinking cups of wine in my bedroom with the lights off. Oh, excellent. So your footy hiatus has extended to Monday night. Look, I saw a little bit. Um, it looked like a game that, look, the Cowboys, they stepped up, but Canberra are obviously going to be too classy and they got the win in the end. Oh, we were just talking again off air about the uh, the fact that we're very happy that these shortened rounds are going to be over soon because they're doing my head in. I think they corrupt the competition um, from, a, from a semi-final standpoint, so... I'll be really glad to see the end of the shortened rounds. Yeah, I hope they, they look at a different model going forward because what we've currently got, it's just, it's laughable. I know I know um, Channel 9 and the, and the TV networks control what happens. They, they pay the big money, but um, it's really hurting the sport, I think. And, and I'm sick of people coming back to that old argument, oh, it gives, gives the younger guys a run. Well, that's what New South Wales Cup's for, you know. I just, I just I don't like the, the system. It's outdated. Um, we'd need to change. Yeah, agree. Look, as long as I've been watching footy, this is how it's been. So it, it's spot, you're spot on. It's outdated. Um, but anyway, we won't waffle too much on about that. Uh, any gossip, mate? Yeah, we've got a few things around. I guess, look, I'll start with your Titans. Um, David Mead is being shopped around. Um, I mentioned last week on the podcast that the Titans are very, very um, hungry to get Guerrero in. I'm um, just wanting to get your thoughts, mate. What are your thoughts on Guerrero coming to the club, if, if he comes? Yeah, I'd love to get him. Love to get him. Yeah. Um, obviously, at the right price. Uh, you know, and I'd like to see Greg, Greg Bird move on. They're talking about him going to Newcastle. If, if it was a swap for, you know, Bird gone, Guerrero in, uh, or, or if they just got Guerrero, I think it's a good fit. I think Zeb Taylor, um is playing on, on one of the edges at the moment. Uh, you've obviously got Chris McQueen, who I think has been pretty good. I, I questioned him coming to the club originally, but I think he's been pretty good this year. Greg Bird, his form's always mixed, and I think we're paying him decent wedge, so I'd probably like to see us move on Greg Bird, to be fair. Yeah, Birdie's a, a, a Newcastle junior for memory, so it'd be good to see him, I guess, go back to that area to finish his career. He might still have something to offer. I guess it, it, it could be good for the Knights too, for the younger guys and whatnot. Yeah, I look at it and just think it's probably good fit for both clubs. Good fit for the Titans. I think it's time to move on um, from the likes of Greg Bird. And it's probably a good fit, as you said. He's a Newcastle junior. They're struggling. Um, he could go there and have the last two or three years of his career in his, in his hometown. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mark, I'll quickly touch on the Eels. I mean, you open up any paper, you'll see the Eels on the front and back page, so we'll touch on that quickly. Um, look, we know Foran's gone now. Um, if he is to come back, um, don't be surprised for him to go to the Bulldogs, although, as usual, the Roosters will um, offer him some cash. But what a year of hell it's been for Parramatta. And not many people know, but Tyson Frizzell was actually in advance talks with Parramatta earlier in the year. Um, they could have had him. But with all this crap that's going on, he's obviously scared and run the opposite direction. So not only have they have they lost players, uh, but they've lost potential players coming to the club as well. So it's been an absolute mess for that club. Look, I the only comparative um, you know teams you can sort of look to when you're looking at Parramatta this year is obviously Melbourne in 2010, where they were stripped of all their points. And the Bulldogs, uh, I think it was 2002, wasn't it? Correct, uh, they yeah, were, 2002. They yeah. were stripped. And look, I don't think either of those clubs had a harder time as what Parramatta's had this year. Uh, it just, it's gone from bad to worse, from pillar to post every week. Then today, you open it up and you have a look at the, you know, the stuff about Corey Norman, the sex tape and the drug taking. And it just, it, it could it get any worse. I mean, and we've probably, uh, we've, I know me and Louis have said that probably for the last six weeks and Every week something something's popped up and it has got worse. So 
unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. As a Penrith fan, you're born to hate Parramatta. So, you know, part of your sort of laughs at what's going on. But you've got to give it to Parramatta fans. They still turn up. They've still got a great average crowd. And the club's still winning. So, um, I hate to use this term because everyone uses it. The old full credit to the boys. But full credit to that club. Um, On the field, they're playing terrifically. They keep winning. The fans keep turning up. So... Um, I really hope the club does turn around, but next time Parramatta fans get to your league club and vote for the board, like, honestly. Well, that's it. That's it. If, you, if you're not there voting, then don't complain, isn't it? You know, it's. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tend to subscribe to that as well. Exactly. Exactly. And and it, they've got an interesting club structure there, and the fact that uh, the I think the the leagues club board controls the football team. So correct. Not correct. a lot of uh, not a lot of clubs are structured that way. Obviously, Penrith. Um, a, a different, you know, if, if you're comparing uh, horses for courses, totally different. And um, yeah, it just seems unbelievable that these Micmocs have been in control and been able to do this much damage before anyone's called them on it, which is unbelievable. So yeah, get get down there and vote and make sure. Hopefully, they just put a broom through and they do. They re-elect a new board and uh, they can get some people on there who know what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're Parramatta fans. They're loyal. They love their club. But yeah. Get in there and have your say, lads. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got a, we're surrounded by Parramatta fans. We know plenty of Parramatta fans, but um, you can't say I feel sorry for them, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, mate, the Bunnies. They look like they might be getting a Jennings double with Robert and George off to that club. Um, look, we haven't seen much of, of Robert and George in, in first grade for Penrith. It's mainly due to injuries and whatnot over the past couple of years. But, um, mate, you might be able to know a little bit more about their background and and probably who's the better of the two? Yeah, look, for me, I, I've had a lot to do with Robert, uh, not so much George. I think George's uh, first-grade career has obviously uh, probably struggled to get on the field due to injury. Robert, uh, I think he played in the he played in the nines last year. Look, he's he's been there or thereabouts. He was obviously a member of our 20s team last year and is very, very dominant in that grade. I've been waiting for him to, to come through. He's had his fair share of injuries as well, so... You know, but it gets to the point where you, you sort of think yeah, risk and reward. Or, you know, Souths are probably struggling a little bit in the outside backs, but look, and, and they might come at a decent price. But um, look, I'd, I'd like to see Pan- Penrith try and keep Robert. Um, I can understand him moving George on because he just hasn't been able to get onto the field. But uh, I think from a Penrith perspective, if I was going to if I was going to try and keep one, it'd be definitely Robert. But if they both leave, it'd be sad because you know you've got obviously these two and then Michael playing at Parramatta, you've got three local juniors, Mount Druitt boys, that are going to be playing elsewhere. So, But I guess that's a big, bad world we live in, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's happened before. It's going to happen again. It's, it's just, that's just rugby league. But, um, yeah, it's always sad to see juniors go, but I think we're used to it now. Well, Penrith. there's a wealth of them there, which is the, the best thing, I guess, for Penrith. So uh, yeah. plenty to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate, um, the Roosters. Uh, and Sharks are both chasing Storms Nelson, Nelson Solomona uh, um, it'll be interesting to see where, where he goes uh, if it's the Roosters or the Sharks big big lad well, mate name me a bigger lad he uh, <laughs> look last year we, we went and watched uh, the Storm Roosters uh, week one final uh, qualifying final down at Allianz and having a look at him live he is a beast like he'd be he'd have to be 6 foot 5 6 foot 6 he's a, he's a massive man uh, only a pup, you know, he's developing, he's only a young boy. There were rumours he was going to go back to Rugby Union, but I think it's great that he's going to stay in the game. And hopefully, if, um, 
you know, I know Lewis would be hopefully he's going to stay in Melbourne. I'd like to see him stay in Melbourne because they've uh, they've obviously the one that's picked him off the tree. But um, look, if if either of those clubs got him, he'd be a massive signing because I think his best football's ahead of him. Absolutely, and um, like you said, I, I'm just happy staying in the NRL. To be honest, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. All right. All right, mate. Last one for the night. Yeah. Uh, you touched on it uh, earlier, Corey Norman. Look, the Dragons have tabled a three-year deal for the guy for $2.4 million, which is massive money for Corey Norman, um, especially after today's announcement about the sex tape and the ongoing off-field stuff. I, I don't think he's worth that, personally, um, especially if I'm a sponsor. I don't, I don't think I want him at my club. But mm. uh, your thoughts, mate? I've gone on record and said I'd pay him a million a year as a player, you know, as a player. Um, but... This mud sticks, doesn't it? You know, and you're not just yep. getting paid now for your on-field ability. Uh, so Corey's going to have to wear that, uh, and you know, I'm not too sure on look market value for what he's putting out on the field. He's he's one of the best ten players in the competition, but you know, this stuff is obviously going to affect the money that clubs are willing to pay him. So I'll be very very interested to see, you know, whether Parramatta uh, and, and Norman can come to a deal. If they don't, who he where he goes to, obviously. And how much they pay? Uh, look, about two hundred thousand apparently a year more than what Parramatta are currently offering. Really? Okay. So they're offering him what six hundred something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he goes. Obviously, the Dragons have heard all year that they they missed out on um, Kiri and they're getting rid of Benji. So they're putting all their eggs in one basket, I guess, with Corey Norman. But the Dragons off field financially, uh, they're not doing well at all. So to sign someone like Corey Norman as a three-year investment. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's the right move for them. No. No, it's really, really risky. There, there could not have been worse timing for Corey Norman in terms of his contract negotiations. Um, yeah. Well, because I, I, I honestly... I, I really wanted the Titans to go after him. I, I know I would have been happy for them to say, look, the, the money that we had set aside for Cherry Evans will give you know, Norman 75% of it. And I think... On field, Norman's been much better than Cherry Evans this year. So, like, I'm, I'm happy to stand by that. But, you know, the off-field stuff is going to take its toll. And, you know, what you've just told us is, um, you know, backs that up. So, Yeah. it's it's I've harped on it before on the podcast, but when these guys have all this off-field angst, they've got to, they've got to understand how much third party is, is relevant in today's game and doing things like this it just hurts their career big time yeah. it really really does with sponsors and it just can, can completely destroy a club but it just, they don't seem to get it well you can't uh, you know you can't expect to be paid like a professional if you're not going to act like a professional so yeah well said absolutely it's simple as that absolutely so Alrighty, we'll move on. Some uh, previews, we'll do our tips uh, on the back of last week. I think I had a bit of a Barry Crocker last week. Uh, no, actually, I didn't. I got three. You got, uh, what did you get? You got three as well, and Louis got two. So uh, get that into you, Louis. Get that into you. Uh, but the standings as they stand, I'm on 91, you're on 89, Louis on 88, so we're I've come back to the field a little bit. I need to pick my game up. But we'll have a little bit of a chat about Origin 3 tomorrow. Obviously, the interest just isn't in this game. There's talks that they're going to get, you know, they'll be lucky to get 60,000 there tomorrow night. I'm going to be going, obviously, because we've got our we've got our members' seats there. So I'm going to go along to the game. I'm on school holidays. But for the majority of people, I can totally understand why they're not going to make the trek out. It's a dead rubber. It's, you know, middle of the week for most people who are working. Uh, and then you've got to... 
put up with the 8.20 kickoff and getting home at you know midnight or after. So totally understand why people aren't making the trek out. Mate, who do you like? Why? Um, and give us a short short synopsis on how you think the game will play out. Uh, look, I, I, I can't back New South Wales. I've got to back Queensland for a, for a clean sweep. New South Wales, just they haven't really shown anything to us, really. I mean, the first game, they probably played fairly decent, but um, look, a, a complete restructure again for New South Wales. We're hearing this afternoon that, that Bailey's going to put Moylan at six. He hasn't played six in first grade ever, so go figure that one. Mm. Um, yeah, I think this could be quite embarrassing. I don't think it'll be as a, a bigger scoreline as it was in game three last year, but I think Queensland at, at least by ten. Okay, look, I'm gonna I've, I'm gonna back the Blues. I've just got a feeling. Um, I think Queensland. All I've heard from Queensland is complacency. They've been talking about complacency, how they've been training. I don't like the inclusion of Nate Miles. Uh, I would have stuck with the side that won in Origin two, uh, and kept Josh McGuire in there. And I really, really love the inclusion of uh, James Tedesco. So, based on those three things, I'm going to tip New South Wales, but with zero confidence. If we get flogged by fifty, I won't be surprised. Um, Louis tipped Queensland, and I can totally understand why you blokes have done that. Um, but we'll see what plays out. I, I just don't see how Queensland are going to be that motivated for the game. Obviously, they're going to want to lift the trophy on the back of a win. But to me, that and, and obviously you've got Corey Parker's final game. But outside of that, I can't really think of a reason um, for them to be as up um, as what New South Wales need to be. If New South Wales lose here, does Daly lose his job? Uh, I think he should have lost his job anyway uh, after game two. I agree. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think they'll stick with him. Uh, but I think New South Wales has a complete restructure, starting with the selectors as well. I think the coach should select the team, not selectors. I don't believe in this a team of selectors. I just don't understand why we need that structure. Yeah. Um, On the, yeah look, as a coach... You know, and I wouldn't take the job. If someone said to me, you can be New South Wales coach, but, you know, Joe Blower over in the corner is going to pick your team, I'd say, well, no way. Because he's not going to yeah, carry the right. can when, you know, the losses mount up like they are for Laurie Daly now and the, and the knives are out for him. Um, but yeah, that's something he should have addressed when he took the job on. Absolutely. It'd be like telling a Formula One driver, sorry, you're driving a Datsun this year. Yeah. Oh, I don't drive Datsun. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it, it's ridiculous and some of the best advice I've got in coaching is that you know be very very careful where you place yourself be, be very very careful um, in what conditions you know you take jobs so uh, and for Laurie you know that rings true so I'll be very very interested I think he'll get another year do I think he deserves it no he's had four cracks at it he's had the one victory and, and to me as harsh as it is I think that was on the back of Cooper Cronk's injury and uh, that series obviously went off in game one. We ended up just squeaking home there and then won in a bludger of a game uh, back at back at uh, ANZ Stadium. So realistically, I think if Cronk stays on the field and they're, they're injury-free, I think they they probably sweep us there and they're going for 11 in a row or whatever it is it's got to now. So, uh, look, we'll move on. Friday night, the uh, St. George Illawarra Titans... Ah, uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons play my Titans at Oakey Jubilee. Uh, you tip in that one, mate? Dragons, it's hard to get a, a handle on them. They're, they're good one week shit the next. So, uh, Titans, much more consistent footy side. Um, but on a Friday, I hope you do believe it's going to be pretty cool down there. Um, I'm going to go the Dragons, but with not a lot of confidence because you just don't know who's going to turn up to that. I'm with you. Look, I'm going to tip the Titans. Absolutely no confidence. I just... Every time I tip the Dragons, they just stab me in the back. So, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go the Titans. Uh, Louis, Louis's gone... 
the Dragons. He's obviously left his tips before beforehand. Look, the odds, the Dragons are the favourites at $1.70, the Titans are two fifteen. That's probably a fair market. As you said, I mean, if this was on the Gold Coast, you'd probably be taking the Titans. Yeah. Uh, Ash Taylor back. David Mead, I think he's a big in. Uh, he's To me, he's been our best outside back. I'd play him at fullback ahead of uh, William Zillman, but that's a long, long and painful argument that I've been having all year. <laughs> um, look, we'll move to Saturday. Uh, Manly, they take on the New Zealand Warriors at uh, NIB Stadium. Uh, you're tipping that one, mate? So I'm going to tip the Warriors, um, only because it's the time. That's the only time they can win. <laughs> He's exactly right. I'll go the Warriors as well. Look, Manly, to me, they're really hard to catch. Um, and... Look, that's about the size of it. The Warriors, as you said, they're going through that six-week period where they tend to just roll over everyone. Uh, Louis's gone the Warriors as well. It makes sense. Uh, and the Warriors are the favourites. $1.80, $2 for Manly. So if you like Manly, jump on. Uh, the next game on Saturday, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they take on the Brisbane Broncos. Who do you like, mate? Yeah, two teams struggling, aren't they? Um, very hard one to pick. Wow. Look, I'll, I'll go... I'll go the Broncos to turn it around, but I hate to keep saying it, but again, with no confidence. It'll be interesting to see what the odds are. The odds, yeah, we've got $1.55 Brisbane, they're short favourites, and it's an ANZ Stadium, so that should, you know, it'll, it'll advantage South slightly. Um, I'm going to tip the Broncos, Louis tip the Broncos, South Sydney 247 if you like them. Um, look, yeah, it is. It is, especially as you said, touching on the form of, of Brisbane. Look, I, I'm on Brisbane to finish in the top four for a, uh, a pretty sizable uh, return. But at the moment, I've got absolutely zero confidence in what they're doing. Uh, we move to Sunday. The Newcastle Knights they play the Melbourne Storm. Uh, this one probably less said about this one. The better. Look, New South, uh, Newcastle. They're awful. Uh, the Melbourne dollar ten. Uh, they, the train will just keep rolling on. Look, and this is probably a perfect game if Bellamy wants to rest Smith or Cronk or one or the other or even both. I think Melbourne would still win. Look, Newcastle got close to them down in Melbourne earlier in the year, but I can't see that happening again, and I'm going to tip uh, the Storm. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Storm, but wow, if there's a bogey side for the Storm other than the Warriors tonight, then... Some good wins against that club, but um, yeah, you, you've got to stick with the Storm. Yeah, well, Storm dollar ten, seven bucks, cousin Gary. If you like the, uh, if, you, if you like the Knights, uh, Jared Mullins <laughs> back, so that'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, but really, the Storm they're basically un- unchanged, and uh, you know they retain the majority of their side. Sunday afternoon, Pepper Stadium, back to the return of the scene of the crime. Um, after Penrith's pretty ordinary performance on Sunday against the Sharks, they take on the Eels. The Penrith Panthers, dollar fifty-seven. Parramatta, two forty-one. Uh, and look, changes. Josh Mansour, obviously the Origin players come back in. Tyron Peachy comes back in, which I think is a massive in for the Panthers. They missed him terribly last week. Um, Brad Takarangi and Michael Jennings return for the Eels and Semi Radradra hasn't been named. Interesting to see whether he played, but for me, look. I, I can't tip Penrith while Bryce Cartwright's playing at six, so I'm going to go the Eels, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Penrith win. Yeah, Eels, uh, they defend much better than Penrith. It's as simple as that. Penrith need to completely restructure. I said last week that I wanted to break in the Pepper Stadium and hide the seat so they could just work on their defence, but um, we won't have to do that again this week. But uh, you, you can't tip Penrith in the current climate with their defence. That's going to be our charity bet too. Lewis isn't here, so he doesn't get a say. But... Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Look, Parramatta at $2.41. I'm going to be all over that. 
Um, I'll have our $100 on that this week. Um, look, the final game of the week uh, on Monday night, the Sydney Roosters, $2.71, take on the Cronulla Southern Sharks, $1.47. It's at Allianz Stadium. That shouldn't play a massive part in this. Jackson Hastings has got the flick. Ryan Madison comes in. They've been playing a little bit of tag team recently. A lot of changes uh, for the Sharks, obviously, with all those Origin players returning. Fafita, Bird, Maloney, Gallon, and Graham all back in. I've got to tip the Sharks. The Roosters, they just can't. They don't know how to win. Um, but it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they knock the Sharks off. But there's no way that I'll be tipping them. No, it's a dangerous game for the Sharks. It's a, it's a Monday night, uh, the best night of football to tip an upset. But um, yeah, the Roosters just they don't show us anything really, do they? It's not like they they leap for seventy five minutes and lose it. They just they just shit for eighty minutes. So um, yeah, I, I'll stick with the Sharks. But the Monday night hoopoo, that's when streaks end. Well, it's a pretty boring old round, this one. We've uh, The only one we've got different, myself and Louie are on the Titans and you're on the Dragons. So that's the only yeah, one we'll... Uh, might be a bludger as well. Yeah, exactly. So you can flip a coin on most of these games. Um, but look, yeah, my charity bet this week, that'll be on the Eels. Um, yeah. But again, that's all, we've, that's all we've got time for, mate. We've got, we've got through without the big fella. So look, I think we can safely say that he can, you know, next year he might, you can have the year off. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, his, I'll yeah, take his pay uh, packet, so... Who needs him, eh? Bloody Storm fans. Yeah, exactly. Jerk. You can so. down there. <laughs> all right, mate. I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the origin. Yeah, well, they're looking forward for it all to end and we can get back to regular club footy next week. Can't Absolutely. Wait. See you, mate. All right, mate. Catch up. And a big thanks to Mr. Gossip again for coming on, as always. Uh, just to wrap up this week's podcast, we'll have a little bit of a chat about our wonderful sponsors, William Hill, uh, who obviously have a lot of markets open for tomorrow night's State of Origin Clash, State of Origin 3. If you're going to have a bet uh, on any sport or race or greyhounds, a bit of a topical subject here in New South Wales at the moment, all the harnesses, make sure you do it with William Hill, williamhill.com.au. Our other magnificent sponsor, obviously, Kaizen Sports Performance, who I am uh, doing a lot of work with at the moment with the Rugby League Academy. They are devoted towards bridging the gap between amateur and elite sport. They are on a mission to provide all athletes the opportunity to experience high-performance training, resources and support that only elite athletes receive. Our business services include performance academies, functional movement, screenings, team building and leadership workshops and pre-season camps. The Kaizen... Rugby League Summer Academy is coming soon, so check them out on Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance to keep up to date with all activity. Uh, and finally, Rugby League Coaching Manuals, who I had a had an article uh, for the June edition, so if you want to jump on and have a look at that, uh, it was about my sixth or seventh article, I think, for RLCM throughout uh, our little partnership, but they've jumped on board this year. And as a rugby league coach, you have many different jobs Some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you you are there to get the best out of your players, who is there to get the best out of you as a coach? It's RLCM. They've been providing coaching educational material to coaches since 1993 through their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs and Drill Books. All of this material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. 
In addition to this, you will also receive access to online courses, an invitation to the monthly coaching webinar, which is fantastic if you haven't seen one, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. Well, that wraps us up. Uh, next week, I'll be flying solo again. So the big boys over there uh, in London, he would have landed down just about now, which is uh, Tuesday, 7.30 here when we've wrapped up the podcast recording. Um, and as he always says, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.